Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. Pure Dog Talk is proudly sponsored by Trupanion, medical insurance for pets. From accidents to illnesses, let Trupanion handle unexpected vet bills that come your way. Trupanion values reputable breeders like us, which is why they have a special additional rider that provides coverage for breeding concerns like an emergency C-section. Even more, Trupanion offers a breeder support program that allows you to send your litters home with a special offer that lets your owners try medical insurance for pets. Learn more about all of the perks that Trupanion offers breeders by clicking the Trupanion link on my partner page. Be sure to let them know Pure Dog Talk sent you. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and I am honored to be joined today by Gail Miller Fisher. She is the Director of Communications for Westminster Kennel Club. And as we all know, Westminster, just like everybody else, has been living through the pandemic. And Gail's going to come and talk to us today about all of the things that went into reorganizing the longest standing, oldest sporting event, except for the Kentucky Derby. Hi, Laura. I'm glad to be here today. Excellent. So, Gail, talk to us. This has been a pretty rough year this year for everybody. And I know that you guys have been working ceaselessly trying to figure out how best to safely hold this event. So give us a little bit of information, a little insight on that. Sure. Well, first of all, we are so grateful that we actually got our 2020 show in Under the Wire. Yeah. Because, you know, now as we look back and see, it's pretty unbelievable, actually, that we had the entry and everyone there under one roof and had such a great show just a few months ago, it seems like. But we were really fortunate, and we understand that. Then in March, of course, everything changed. So at that point, our president, Chat Rinders, rallied the troops and said, basically, we have to look at all scenarios. And so we got organized, and we had different committees, even though we're a very small organization. We still broke us out into groups that would then investigate all the different scenarios. Now, by that, we mean, is it something where there is no show? What do we do if there's no dog show? What do we do if it's a much reduced number of entries? What do Mm -hmm. we do if it's no spectators? So basically, this summer has been an exercise in looking at all those different options because no one knew what was going to happen, unfortunately. But the mandate was, let's figure it out so we're ready to go once we do know. And so it's been a very busy summer for everyone at Westminster, on top of all the other stresses, of course, of everything else that goes with COVID. Like a fourth grader at home homeschooling, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Last spring was scary, and now it might be happening again, the remote learning. As soon as I hear those two words, I start to shake in my boots. Mm. But the good news is we got to spend more time with our dogs. And that's something that I've tried to remain positive and think about. My dogs are loving having me home. And we are spending more time together. So it will be a little 
frightening when things, you know, change. And I don't know if they'll be normal again, but the new normal, when they're home again, and I'm not home as much, it'll be shocking for all of them, I'm sure. But for right now, we're enjoying it and trying to look at the positive side of it. Yep. So talk to us a little bit. Let's give listeners, I'm sure everyone has seen the 5 million shares on social media, but give us the basics about what was the final solution and where you wound up. So one of the scenarios, of course, was postponing the show, which is something that many large sporting events were doing, as we all know, and Kentucky Derby and several others went that route. So that Mm -hmm. was one of the scenarios we looked at. Of course, because we are partners with Madison Square Garden and we have such a history with them, we were also having to monitor what their plans are. So there are a lot of moving parts to figure out, would they be ready in February? Would they be ready later in 2021? Just figuring out what our partners were going to do was an ongoing task. But the other part of it, and this can't be said enough, is that the club, Westminster's board, has put a huge emphasis on safety. They are making sure that the exhibitors and the judges, and if there are spectators, are safe, and of course the dogs. Then that was really the primary driver of postponing, maybe going outside and looking for a way to still have the show in some form. Of course, we're still waiting to see how it shapes up, but we had to make some decisions, obviously. And so that's our plan now is the Lindhurst solution, which we are thrilled to have that as a solution. Well, it's absolutely beautiful. I think it's a gorgeous ground. Certainly it's held dog shows there. Wasn't it Westchester County, right? Had their shows there for years. That's right. Westchester for about 30 years was Mm -hmm. held on those grounds. And so that means that the people that run the facility and the grounds are very familiar with dog shows. Of course, ours will be a little different than Westchester, but uh, (laughs) at least they are dog show friendly and they understand the basics of how it works. So that makes it a little easier transition as well. It's not like somebody that coming in cold. So that's positive. And of course, you know, this is the first year that we won't be having the show in New York City. And that's historic. This is a historic year in many ways. So it's a unique thing. And we're really happy to stay in New York State Mm -hmm. and not that far from the city. So we're excited about it. It's a great location. And I can only speak for myself as a West Coaster. And so many of our West Coast friends that flying to New York City in February is what we might call challenging. (laughs) (laughs) And now I hear from people and they're concerned about summer transportation. So I think there's always issues, no matter what you do. But I like the idea that you guys were proactive and positive about how to handle it as best you could. What about benching? I know that's one of the things I've seen people talk about. How are you guys thinking about that for this particular situation? Sure. So this is going to be a year like no other. So a couple of the basics are that we are retaining our entry limit of 2,500 dogs. It's going to be an all-champion show again, but it will be unbenched. That is something that, as we're not having spectators, or at least that's what we think now. I mean, hopefully by June, things will be different and having spectators is something We can do because we would welcome that. But for planning purposes now, we kind of have to look at what's the situation now and today and plan according to that. And so with that in mind, no benching, people would be grooming at their vehicles and there will be a grooming tent, of course, available. 
But that's one of the compromises, obviously, Mm -hmm. of leaving our regular space. And, you know, I am very proud of the fact that we're one of the last few bench shows in the country. Right. And the fact that it's such an educational aspect of the dog show for spectators to be able to find the breeds and learn about them. Public education is such a huge part of our show. And so, unfortunately, that's something that may not be happening in 2021 as much as we want it to, but sacrifices have to be made. And again, safety is number one. Right. Well, and I think that as far as I have been able to see, and the thing that I always am encouraging constantly and have been all year is to find the positive. Sometimes it feels like a mining journey looking to find that silver lining, but I, (laughs) I think that that's all we can do. It is. And you know, I agree with you. And I've been trying to do the same thing. And that's why I've been working obedience with my dogs at home. And I'm like, wait, this is an opportunity. I can groom more. I can train more. These dogs should be getting high in trial by the time the show (laughs) starts up again. Probably won't since I'm training them. But, you know, there's a lot of time being put into it. Yeah. I raised two litters of puppies during a pandemic. I mean, okay, let's do what we can do. That's right. That's right. Speaking of high in trial, it's a great segue. I wanted to ask about, will the Westminster obedience and agility still be taking place? It was my understanding they were, but double check me on that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So obedience is happening. We have an entry limit of 25 dogs, and it's going to be the same as last year in that there'll be a high in trial and a high combined. Mm -hmm. And then the agility championship is the same as well, 330 dogs same amount. The agility trial will be on the Friday prior. And the finals, this is really exciting news. The finals will be airing on Big Fox, as we call it. Oh. <laughs> Fox Fox, not Mainstream. FS1. <laughs> Mainstream. And the groups on the second night and Best in Show will also be airing live on Big Fox. <gasps> Prime time, Sunday. That's Sunday actually huge. It's huge. It is. It really is. And I know with all the venue and date change and everything, it kind of gets lost in the excitement and all the news, but it's huge. That's huge. So we have two nights, four to 6 p.m. is when agility would be on. And then of course, the dog show itself will be seven to 11 with a pre-show. So yeah, we're excited. We're thrilled. You know, that's a much more diverse audience and we're Mm -hmm. excited to bring our dog show to that right. stage. And so, and so the really Saturday exciting. night will be on the, say it for me, cause I'll get it wrong. Not big Fox. <laughs> oh, on FS1, right. Yes. On FS1. Right. But we're just thrilled. We're thrilled with the whole yeah. thing, actually. Right. I mean, things have really aligned. Everything just kind of aligned, which <laughs> doesn't always happen. No. We had to work with Fox to make sure their schedule could accommodate. And they had another sporting event drop out that week. And so it just all worked out and they were excited to have us. And so the breed judging that happens during the day will be on FS2 and that's from one to four. And then that's both Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then the agility championship will air from four to six mm-hmm. on Big Fox. And that's on Saturday night. And then FS1 will have the pre-show and the groups, the first night of groups. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday is kind of mirrors it in that FS2 will have the daytime judging. And then the pre-show and groups of that night will be on Big Fox, as we call it. So we'll be, you know, posting that schedule all over the place as time gets right. close. We're very excited about it. 
again, because we don't have the educational element of people coming to the show, most likely, and walking and seeing all the mm-hmm. breeds and touching them, which is such a big part of the dog show. So hopefully by having greater exposure on TV, that will help. And we're also, of course, looking at other fun ways to bring the dogs to the people, even if it's just through video and not hands-on, unfortunately. And talk to me about, I know I've only heard rumors, but talk to me about some of the fun things that you're looking at doing during what would be normal Westminster Kennel Club week, right? (laughs) Well, we're still planning that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that being there in February, being visible and having exposure in February is great to keep our spot. I mean, we are planning to go back to Manhattan, of course, once we can and have our normal time. And so we want to definitely celebrate Westminster during February as well. And so we're working on some different things that we can do digitally. Right. And so actually, we're just starting to have those planning discussions now, but we certainly will be doing something for sure. The other new exciting news, of course, is the new breed. So, you know, right. we're always excited about when it's a breed's first time at Westminster, first time to be eligible, because as we all know, that's a very exciting thing for a club and for dog owners of those newly recognized breeds. And so I'm sure in February, when we're doing our digital push, we'll also be including those breeds as well. And, you know, we have a lot of fun ones. Actually, there's going to be four as of January 1st. Right now, we've been promoting the three that are already eligible, but there'll be a fourth one in January 1st. So what's the fourth that comes in January? Which one is that? The Beaver Carrier is actually Uh, scheduled to become fully recognized Jan 1. And if you haven't seen those, oh my god, Oh my god, they're adorable. Such a beautiful breed. Super cute. Love them. So cute. I judged an (laughs) open show in January this year, right? So again, January and February when the world looked like normal (laughs) and I had a Beaver Terrier and it was fascinating to learn about them and the color specifics are absolutely intense, like where the white can be and where Mm. it can't be and all of this stuff. Super, super interesting to learn about. Yeah, just beautiful, beautiful dogs. That's going to become a popular breed, I think. I think think. once people learn more about them, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's just something, you know, obviously the size is great, but just the coloring So rich and beautiful. Yep. Super fabulous. And for our listeners, I will let you do the honors because I think I know, but I can't swear to it. The other three that will be promoted as coming in the first of the year. Oh, sure. The Barbet is coming in. Yep. The Belgian Lacanois. Yep. That's the fourth of the Belgian breeds. And then the Dogo Argentino. Oh, that's the one I didn't know. I knew the Barbet and the Lacanois. I did not know the Dogo was coming. Okay. Wow. Talk about a variety. Oh, yeah. That's a definite variety of breeds, you know? <laughs> it is. It is. And I'm thrilled for all of them, especially I'm originally from a herding breed. So for mm-hmm. me to have that fourth Belgian dog and breed right. in there is really exciting because we always say, oh, there's another one, you know. But now we don't have to say that anymore. Now it's part of the group and it'll be a lot more fun to talk about, you know, in the telecast. Absolutely. And you can see it, you know, you see them lined up together. It's just fun to be able to compare. I have a really good friend of mine that owns one, one of the first CMs in the breed. And they're cool. Yeah. I'm a wire-coated dog person. So I'd always talk to my girlfriend that had turves about the wire-coated, the allegedly the scruffy yeah, version. Yeah. Of the turf. And so when she got one and imported it, I was like, oh my God, they're so cute. <laughs> 
They really are. And it's going to be, you know, as far as coat wise, that's easy. Yeah. Oh, super easy. Super adorable. Those will be very fun breeds for you guys to work on, on sharing out into the universe come the first of the year. Hang tight, guys. Got a little bit of information for you. We'll be right back to the podcast in a minute. All right, crew. Check it. Dog events are happening. For exhibitors who are able and willing to attend these events, it feels as if our tribe has been reunited once again. Meanwhile, for folks who are continuing to feel safest staying at home and away from crowds, and for folks who are driving long haul between far-flung events, I gotcha. I've been working hard to bring you all podcast episodes that help you feel connected to our larger community and offer opportunities for education and entertainment, no matter how you have managed through this truly overwhelming year. One of my favorite events this year is the monthly virtual Pure Dog Talk After Dark for patrons of our podcast. Anybody can join this fabulous community of dog enthusiasts by visiting the website and clicking on the Become a Patron link on the homepage. And while you're there zooming around on the site, you might think about checking out our shopping tab too. We've linked dog show vendors from all around the country so you can help support them during this really grueling loss of income suffered due to a lack of events. There's even a swag link that lets you order your Pure Dog Talk t-shirt, sweatshirt, fan case, mask, (laughs) ringside towel, and so much more. Like the NPR of dogdom, Pure Dog Talk is here for you every day to make sense out of everyday things, to add nuance to your understanding and tools to your tech box, to bring history to life, and propel the living history of purebred dogs into the future. So check out the links at www.puredogtalk.com. Your support adds up to a huge voice for purebred dogs. So the only other thing that I have seen just as a question that I thought this would be a great opportunity for people to get this information Talk to us about people are used to Manhattan, right? They're used to every single restaurant and hotel known to man. So, <laughs> so this is going to be there in Terrytown, right? So talk to our audience about how should they be thinking about this in terms of travel, in terms of accommodations, in terms of all of those sorts of things. Well, again, I try to look at the positive. The positive is that the hotels are going to be a lot cheaper than yes. New York and New York hotels. <laughs> I'm counting it as a win myself, but you know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing. But there are going to be fewer, obviously. I mean, you're going to have to maybe drive a little farther. It's going to be more like a regular dog show, you know, in that respect. Mm -hmm. In that you might be, you know, 20 minutes from the show site. But 
you know, you can go to our website, of course. We have Westminster Hotel information on the website. Good. But you're going to recognize the names. It's like Hampton Inn, right. Hilton Garden. You know, these are going to be the things we're already used to having, courtyards, that kind of thing. Yep. So it is going to be that type of level of hotel, which is fine. We're all used yep. to that. But don't be dissuaded if maybe it's in just over the line and it's in Connecticut. Or you go uh, to the Captain Z Bridge, which is now the Mario Cuomo Bridge, and it's in New Jersey. But that's not that far. It sounds okay. far, but it really isn't that far. Okay. So don't panic about don't that. Don't freak out. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't panic about that. I look at the positive, which is that it's more like a regular dog show in that sense, which is a good thing. The right. other thing I would also investigate, because I know people, when they come to the garden, they also go do New York things. They'll go to right. a show or they'll do right. other things, you know, because they're there. If you want to go into the city, you certainly can go into the city. There are trains that will take you right into Grand Central. So you okay. can still do that. I mean, right. that's certainly something if you want to just walk around and look at the city. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, I would also add this, Laura, is that you're in a beautiful part of the country where this is. Terrytown is where Ichabod Crane was created. Right. Like, that is Sleepy Hollow. Go look right. around. There's a lot to investigate. I would do some research and find out some other local fun things to do because it's a very old area. There are other large estates like Lindhurst that have large, long histories that are kind of cool if you're into doing that kind of right. adventure. And then another cool thing about Lindhurst, let me just throw this in, is that I didn't know this until just recently, is that the Gould family who owned the estate bred and showed St. Bernard's for many years at Westminster in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So they had a kennel house. They they showed smooth and rough coats. They showed it under Anna Whitney, who was the first woman to ever judge. So, I mean, there's a lot of dog show history, even at Lindhurst, but more history, even going a little wider. Right. It's a different part of the country. It's kind of fun to check it out. Absolutely. And so then follow-up question, will there be access for RV parking? Another thing that one would never be able to think about in Manhattan. (laughs) Well, that's true. And on our website, we talk about that. It's going to be very limited. So you definitely need to find out what the parameters are. There are certain size limitations. So I would send you to the website to find out about that information. Perfect. Perfect. I figured there would be something available, but I always go to the website, but it's so great to have the voice of it to (laughs) talk about all the good stuff. My biggest question that is in my mind, and I know every woman that is listening, how is this going to affect our outfits? I mean... I'm saying it's outside. Well, I will say I'm a member of the Greenwich Kennel Club and Greenwich is generally this weekend. Okay. It would have been the 12th, 13th. I don't know if you noticed, but Greenwich and Southport Longshore both gave up their dates for us Mm -hmm. and we're very grateful to them and are happy to promote that, that they helped us. And the Greenwich show is either warm or it might be a little drizzly, but More times than not, it's warm. So I would just know that. Be ready for some warmth, which is different for Westminster. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so I'm super excited to envision the Klieg lighting that's going to come on for those evening events, right? (laughs) Well, we're tenting everything, you know, Laura. It's going to be tented just in case because you never know, right? And so, and of course, the telecast will be happening. So. All of that planning is happening right now as far as the logistics. Right. 
the tents, the coverings. I mean, you know, it also depends on what's happening in the state at that time. I mean, obviously, we're going to be following the state guidelines and we're going to have a medical advisory committee put together and working with the state, making sure that everything is up to snuff and then some. And so one thing that has been talked about is tenting. If you put sides down, then it's considered indoors, you know, so there are all these different aspects that, you know, will be fine-tuned as we get closer to the time and know what's actually happening. Right. Well, I think it is going to be gorgeous. I have visions of everyone in their Westminster gowns on the beautiful lawn. I just think it will be visually spectacular. Oh, absolutely. You know, the castle itself has lighting, so I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll be trying to make that purple and gold. You know, we like ah. to put purple and gold everywhere. Yeah. We're still going to have the Empire State Building lit in purple and gold on the second day of the show, as we always have, even though it's not in February. And then we're also working on another visual, which I'm going to save. I'm just going to tease that. But there's another lighting and visual that's a little north of the city that we're excited about. So once that's confirmed, I'll let you know. Right, right. Excellent. We expect it to be visually stunning because Fox is really excited too. I mean, we're right on the Hudson River, which is a beautiful river. We have beautiful ground. You can just see the drone shots. You know, there's going to be all kinds of cool stuff. I'm deadly serious. I think it's going to be stunning. And again, coming from a breed, a sporting dog, I love having my dogs outside on the grass when they can really move, you know, and that opportunity. I agree. There's nothing prettier than seeing them lined up in the grass. I mean, that's just... You know, and like you said, they move better. They feel better. Yeah. I just think you can really get the opportunity to showcase a dog that, you know, I went to the garden with one particular wire hair that had such a huge stride back in the days when it was at the garden and those rings that were postage stamp size. And I'm pretty sure we were following chihuahuas. (laughs) Like, what am I going to do? Right? Like there's three steps and he turns. Serious. I'm I hear you, Laura. I grew up in Bearded Collie. So same thing. You'd go two steps, you were turning, you were constantly turning. Yes. And it was slippery, you know, so. It never really showcased a big moving dog in those breed rings, never had a chance to really show what was great about them. If that was like their raison d'etre, right? Like this dog was all about movement. He was a pretty picture, but he was so much better on his legs than he was just standing still. Right. So I just love the outdoor opportunity for some of those dogs. I think that that will showcase them beautifully. Well, and these are going to be good sized rings too, because yeah. out at Lyndhurst, we have plenty of space. There's nothing yep. but space. And if we're not accommodating for spectators and seating for spectators, that really opens things up. So yeah, a lot of positive. Hey, now there's another positive. You'll be able to get to your ring. You, won't have to like, you know, trample half of Manhattan to get to your ring. I love this plan. It's going to be great. We're going to do our best and deal with whatever happens. But yep. you and I will remain positive, right? And Always. then hopefully it'll be contagious. That is all we can do, Gail. And I'm about that. I am absolutely serious. I just think that it is the only viable answer. It is. You know, it's as we talked about earlier, this time home with our dogs is a blessing. It really is. And you got to look at it that way, that we have this unique opportunity to spend with our animals and and with our families. Oh, yeah. I always forget about that side. Yes. And the family. 
Well, for many of us, our dogs are our families, but I'm saying there's people Absolutely. too. Absolutely. There's people too. And, you know, I've had a couple of friends, unfortunately, who've lost dogs recently. Yeah. Yeah. And we all know how hard that is. And that makes me enjoy my animals even more. I have two two-year-olds, so they're youngsters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you never can take it for granted. No, absolutely. I think that if we take anything away from all of this, Gail, is that you don't take anything for granted in this life. That's right. The one thing I've noticed, and you probably have too, is there's been a huge uptick in puppy sales yes. and pet adoption during COVID. And I've had several people come to me recommending breeders and, you know, they're all ready to go. And first of all, I told them, you know, I don't know if this is the right time. I mean, socializing a puppy right now isn't easy, but... People are in love with dogs. People want dogs. And they finally found the time yep. to bring one into their family and have it join the family, which is wonderful, you know, that people are learning what we already know, that dog ownership is fabulous. And I'm just hoping that, you know, COVID will take a better turn here soon. I mean, I know we're getting some bleak forecasts for the winter, but hopefully, you know, people will be able to get their dogs out because even my two-year-olds are missing seeing people and seeing other dogs. One of the litters that I whelped was born, I'll never forget her birthday. She was born the day they shut down Louisville. <laughs> mm. And she is a Spinoni. Oh, and Spinoni need a lot of socializing and she is a pandemic puppy and we've worked hard with what we could do but it's noticeable to me that she could have used to have seen a few more people along the way right right yeah I've even seen it in my adult dogs because yeah. they seem more alert and more suspicious now and they're sporting I have English Cocker and Avishla they love everybody right. but they because they've been held back yep they're more suspicious when someone's walking on the sidewalk. It's affected everybody, but, yeah. you know, we're going to make it through. We're going to be fine and we'll help those who need it. Those puppy owners. That is exactly right. All right. Well, Gail, I appreciate your time tremendously. I know you have a lot, a lot, a lot going on. And I know the audience is grateful for some inside information, the inside scoop on what's going on with the garden next year. So thank you. <laughs> oh, anytime, Laura, anytime. Always here for you. Excellent. Thanks so much. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our Dog Show Superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers Desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk.